everyone and welcome to three speech the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three it's two friends three topics and unlimited entertainment i'm your host jamie and i'm your host alin and on today's show we've got ooh, how do i describe this the rock gal gadot and who's your who's your guy alin Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yes, him. Pretending that they are not too good for this movie. It mm. is Red Notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then but you're, got... you're going to know why they did this movie when I tell you how much each made to do this movie. Oh, well, that <laughs> changes everything. <laughs> okay, then we've got... Um, Pirates of the Caribbean meets The Mummy meets The Rock again. Uh, Jungle Cruise. Yes. And last but not least, we've got the movie that we had to wait a long time to rewatch so that we could actually see what was going on. Thank you for nothing, drive-ins. It's Shang-Chi. <laughs> Shang-Chi. That's I just right. keep saying Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yes. Shang-Chi. We are and, Katie. Yes. And we, uh, you, so you changed your name to Sean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was, that was the uh, much needed comedic relief scene that yeah. I really I really enjoyed I know a lot of people were not they they don't really like her in no. in real life Aquafina but I, I mean, enjoy her I, she was much needed in that movie she she really lightened the mood and 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 so forth but yeah I I, I thought she was you know perfect comedic timing in the yeah. movie so yeah no she um so we'll get there and uh how you doing today Lynn we are we are we are shocking our fans by being here doing a normal episode because we had promised a Christmas special. We are not quite ready for the Christmas special. <laughs> We're going to do that one next. But it turns out that there's a lot of stuff on TV right now. Like, there's just a lot of s- stuff. Yeah, so we, we could, if we waited, if we waited, we wouldn't have been able to discuss all this stuff because we were just talking about the other uh, upcoming pods and we already have like the next two filled because of all this stuff that is coming out so yeah, thank you lot. yeah thank you netflix thank you prime mm-hmm. so. so um we've got a lot of good stuff coming today and then christmas special should be next time we can we can record probably so it maybe it makes sense it'll be closer to christmas it will be because technically we could have done it because it's the day after thanksgiving but yeah. I don't know. I'm not comfortable. See those people who put their trees up, you know, the day after there Thanksgiving. There were a lot of trees that are already up mm-hmm. as I as I drive around and a lot of lights that are already up. And you I'm just, I don't blame those people because, you know, this is like the first year that maybe they feel like, OK, we're vaccinated and we can celebrate a bit more than last year. So they're kind of like all in. Like, I don't really blame them, but I'm too lazy to get going this soon. Yeah, I mean, I can't put up the tree, even though it will take me like, you know, it's just an artificial tree. It's not going to take me that long to do it. I just don't feel like it. I'd rather do other things. Like this. Yeah, it'll it'll go up at it'll some go point. Up. It will it'll... go up. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. I feel like after after December 1st is when I have to. Do your dogs, do they mess with the tree? Because I can't have a tree this year because I have a kitten and the kitten will i mean the kitten does destroy everything like literally 
everything. So I can't even tell you how many phone charging cords I have bought oh, in the last no. three months. Yeah. So no tree for me this year. Yeah, hmm. they don't seem very concerned okay. with the trees. Well, so, I mean, it, it, it works. I mean, as I say this, who knows, next time they might be super into the tree when I put it up this year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, shall we move into our little three? Let's do it. Okay, so starting in our little three, we have today the um, the Game Awards were just announced. And um, I know you're probably not familiar with the, the Game Awards, Lynn. This is kind of like in the realm of video games. There are a lot of different places that give out awards at the end of the year. Most of them are like best of lists and things like that. So if you have a certain, like if you have a certain streamer that you follow or a certain website that you follow... Um, like we like giant bomb a lot. So, you know, they do their end of the year kind of best of stuff. That's all inclusive to them, but the like one kind of televised, like national awards are the game awards and they just, um, announced their nominees for 2021. And since we do talk about a fair number of games here, I figured I'd bring it up for a couple of reasons. One, because, there are some games on here that we have talked about, which is cool. Ooh. And two, there are some games on here that don't, that no, 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 oh. no. Oh, no. oh, oh, okay. Should not be here. Should not. They do not deserve. They do be. not deserve the of the year uh, suffix. Unless it's, supra- unless it's preceded by worst of yes. the year. Okay. Yes, or biggest pile of crap. Of the year. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Is there is there a video game version of the Razzies? I don't think so. Not like a, an official one. I mean, okay. certainly there are, you know, unofficial lists, you know, worst of lists that you will see um, all over the place. But yeah, not not an official televised one like this. Uh, and the funny thing is, you know, the Game Awards they kind of have a strange reputation for them because they're kind of like half award ceremony, half marketing ploy. I mean, maybe that's every awards, but, but you know, <laughs> this one seems especially pertinent because the larger studios will take the time during the awards to like um, reveal stuff and show trailers for new games coming oh, out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think it's con- kind of like the people who watch the Super Bowl in order to see the commercials. Like you can just watch the game awards in order to see the trailers and reveals. So anyway, what are some things on here that you may have heard of? Um, you're probably not going to have heard of anything in the game of the year category, um, but um, there is a game in there called Deathloop, which is done by a studio whose games I tend to really, really enjoy. So the part of me, like if we were if we were picking, I would definitely want um, Deathloop to get game of the year. Ooh, but okay. I know that Damien would say something different. Um, mm. But in in um, other categories we've got, and I'm going to scroll down here because, um, our buddy, Nick, who is the only, the only person so far to have ever emailed me back. Yay, um, Nick. I know. He was nominated with the Forgotten City for best debut indie game. Now the title, the category of indie game is kind of a strange one because, um, you know, it's hard to define what exactly an indie game is, um, you know, e- even with an indie movie, you know, do we consider a 24 indie at this point, if they're throwing mm-hmm. a ton of money at their movies or, you know, like what, what categorizes an indie is a really good question. 
And part of what I take, I, I guess, take issue with in these um, nominations is that some of these um, indie games, quote unquote, that they have listed here don't strike me as indie. Um, for example, in Nick is nominated in Best Debut Indie Game, so because it's his first game. But there's also just a straight up Best Indie Game of the Year category. I'm looking and, at that and I'm noticing one particular yeah. game. That so first of all, 12 minutes sucked. It was awesome. <laughs> If this game wins, I will throw something uh, and and it will be bad and I will hold I will have a, a, a temper tantrum. But the other thing to consider is that game had three high paid celebrity voice actors in it. This is not six guys in their garage making a game, which is what I think of when I think of indie game, because the Forgotten City was like three people. Right. And mostly Nick. So. I, I don't know, Alain, 12 minutes, not only should it not be on here because it's not good, but it shouldn't be on here because in my mind, it's also not indie. Uh, it's It's got too much money and too much prestige behind it. You, does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, what does it mean to be made outside the traditional publisher system? I have no idea because I'm I'm pretty sure that 12 minutes had a fairly traditional publisher. Um, because some of the games on here, like, I, I want to say one of them is Devolver, and I think that that might be 12 minutes, but, um, you know, when I'm looking at these other games, oh, no, Inscription is Devolver. See, <sighs> Inscription is a wonderful game. It's really, really good. Um, it's a cross between a card game and an escape room. Hmm. Uh, it's really, really amazing, but... I wouldn't call it an indie game either. I would put it as game of the year, but not indie game because that's Devolver. And Devolver as a studio, they like to say they're an indie studio, but I think they, I think it's marketing at this point. I don't think they are anymore. They just, they're too well known. They have too much money. They have too many employees. It's just, they are a traditional publisher at this point. So I don't think that should be there either, but yeah, I mean these are these are tough. Like what makes an indie game um you know is a bit tough. But the other thing that I wanted to point out on this because I think it's absolutely sort of ridiculous is um when you scroll down and you get to like sort of the end here of these lists, there's a whole set of categories for um esports and <laughs> which is which is huge. And I didn't I didn't realize this, but Fitchburg High has a whole esports, like, you know, league that plays competitively against other high schools. Wow. Do you know what they play, just out of curiosity? I I have no idea. I got all thrown off when I was when they were talking about esports. Yeah. I uh I know nothing about esports, nor yeah. do I care to. And um I mean if you wanna if you want to do the esports thing, that's fine. That's uh, that's great. <laughs> you go do your thing. I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to take your fun away. But I don't really understand like needing five categories for like best esports coach. What are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> what are they doing? That's and I I almost wish uh because also our, our alma mater, Fitchburg State University, has a game design program. 
now and they also do esports and sometimes they invite the public in pre-pandemic times mm-hmm. they would invite the That's public actually down. pretty common the public attending these events yeah so it's kind of like one of these days i might go see like what is this all about just just for my own great place to get a data in <laughs> <laughs> i'm old enough to be some of their mothers now like what yes, i think of it yeah true. this is you know yeah it wouldn't um, be scandalous, then, you know. <laughs> it would be hey, like, you know, I had a child after I graduated high school. Yeah. I mean, we all need a little scandal in our lives every now and then. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I wanted to point out this in this list, because I think it's absolutely ridiculous, is the very last category on the list is called most anticipated game. Right. What I was going to ask that? about that. <laughs> what is the point of that? That's like if the Oscars gave out best trailer. Like <laughs> no, it's a weird category. <laughs> it's so it's it's an absolutely useless category because I guarantee you that there have been some games that have won this category and they have come out and they have been absolute piles of garbage. That's so, what I would like to see. Like yeah. what what is the uh, ratio of most anticipated? Because sometimes there are movie trailers look amazing. You see the movie, so disappointed. Exactly, and I think that this is just like. If you want to be if you want to be an award ceremony that people take seriously, you can't do this. Like you can't do this because it's obviously nothing more than marketing. This is these games haven't come out yet and by putting them on screen and talking about them and hyping them up, you're just marketing for them. Um what mm-hmm. kills me is like one of them is literally like a game that hasn't even been formally announced do you see how it just says the sequel to the legend of zelda zelda breath of the wild like there's no title for that game yet it's oh. just sequel to this game how can you yeah <laughs> i'm looking forward to most anticipated television show the sequel to squid game yes exactly <laughs> it, you know when you say it like that it just really heightens how ridiculous this is <laughs> so um anyway um, the best part about this whole thing was that Nick got nominated for the Forgotten City. So go, Nick. Congratulations. But, um, congratulations. But other than that, uh, I'm definitely going to watch this because I find it so, it's almost like a social experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I feel like they need to do some stuff in order to make their their actual kind of game awards more prestigious or, you know, taken seriously, if, if you know what I mean. Mm. All right. So um, let's move on to something that you're going to talk about, which is dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Oh, I love it. So this week, Jurassic World Dominion, which will be coming out in June of 2020, released something that's not a trailer. It won't be in the actual movie, but it's. They're calling it almost like a prequel mm-hmm. to what's going to be happening. And it was about a, a five minute long. Uh, I don't even know if you can call it. Would you call it a trailer? But it was like a mini movie. And so like a I, short, a short. And is this the one that started back 65 million years in the past? Yes. Or yeah. yeah. I read which, about this. I haven't seen it, but I did read about it. So I, I read that they were showing this clip. At the beginning of the most recent Fast and Furious movie, which 
nobody saw. Exactly. Or I guess some people did. We did not. I did not see it. How, how will I know what's going on? I haven't seen any of the other 43,000 of them. No. Um, but it shows the dinosaurs as they existed. And you see the action occurring through the lens of the T-Rex that we all know and love from the 1993 movie. And you see the dinosaurs, they look a little different. They have some feathers on them, obviously, because they're in their natural, pure state. And you see the T-Rex engage in battle with with a new dinosaur, the Gigantosaurus, which sounds fake, but it's a real dinosaur. That does sound fake. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was kind of like, That's my kind of scientist, though. Like, hey, you discovered a dinosaur. What are you going to name it? Gigantosaurus. And they're like, are you sure? Yes. Yes. He sounds like he's 14. Yeah, he's like, 100%. I always said I would name a dinosaur Gigantosaurus. If I discover another one, he's going to be Humongosaurus. (laughs) (laughs) So it shows some of the dinosaurs that are, are, haven't been featured in a law in any of the Jurassic Park movies, but did exist at the time. But you get to see, and I don't, this is like a sad part. You see the T-Rex die. Oh. But you see the mosquito who sucks its blood. and when it gets in the amber. Yeah. So it's kind of like full circle. And then it goes to 65 million, like current day. Mm -hmm. And it shows the same T-Rex wreaking havoc at a drive-in. Uh, yet another reason not to go. Not to, to go. If you didn't need any more reasons not to go, potential dinosaur attack. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good reason not to go anywhere. So, right. yeah. So, I mean, it looks interesting. But um, this has nothing to do with the actual movie. This no. is just kind of like a marketing hypey kind of thing, right? Right. I'm not really sure what the point of it is, but uh, I did enjoy it. The dinosaurs looked very authentic. Um, I like that they're kind of making them more with the feathers now because that's pretty accepted science at this point. So, right. And they've even in I forget which one. Oh, it must have been Jurassic World because the evil scientist played by B.D. Wong is like, yeah, you if I made them the way that they look, they wouldn't be as attractive. So when I had to fill in the DNA, I made them look the way that we think that they should look. And I was like, hmm, that's true. Hmm, interesting. So I'm really looking forward. I've always looked forward to a Jurassic Park movie. This one looks very interesting. I hope, 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 hope that it brings the the franchise back to basics. You do have Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill all returning Mm. from their original roles. So you're hoping it's going to be that good. Well, there's no guarantee. (laughs) I know that's what I think. See, most anticipated dinosaur movie Mm -hmm. goes to Jurassic Mm -hmm. World Dominion. Yeah. Well, well, let's not get our hopes up too high. I know it's, it's going to be hit or miss because at least the short was good. The short was good, and I mean, the 1993 movie—it's still the greatest. It's still the greatest oh, yeah. movie. So, yeah. yeah. 
Have you read the books? Because I really enjoyed the books as well. I did. You know, I recently reread the books and they're they're They obviously the movies go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But the books are still so good. There's enough difference that it keeps you interested. Yeah. I wish Michael Crichton hadn't passed away so young because he was a national treasure. And like almost everything that he wrote was just unbelievable. And like they're still making movies out of things that he's written. And most of them aren't as good as the book. So if you guys ever need anything to read, like go pick up a Crichton novel because you really can't go wrong. They're just they're like they have the, the, the fun and excitement of like a Dan Brown kind of a thing, but they're more accurate and scientific and they they really make you ponder that this, these things could actually happen um like the ones that come to mind are like timeline and congo like those movies were both horrible but the books were mm. both amazing so anyway i'm plugging I'm, English no and and he really uh he he created er which yep. is like something yeah because he was in of. med school right so he did that and westworld was also yep. Yeah. One of his. So, yeah. like you said, we're still borrowing from it. But he did. He died. He died young. He did. Yeah. Taken from us too soon. Mm-hmm. I always feel a little weird when celebrities pass away and then I, I cry about it. And but because I don't know them personally, but I really felt like I knew him. And that just it just killed me when he when I found out he had passed away because I was I mean, it was a long time ago. And I it was. Young, I was going to say, like, I feel like late 90s. Yeah, it was a while back. Um, But yeah, he was a, he was a national treasure. So, yeah, everybody read some Crichton. And uh, moving on to our last little three, we're gonna have some Black Friday news because today happens to be uh, Black Friday and uh, neither Lynn and I are shopping at this. point. <laughs> you know what? I've already done. I did some online shopping last night. Were you, did you ever get up and go to the early morning Um, madness? So I have a couple of times in my life and um, I did it a couple of times with my mom and this was like many, many years ago. um, I I think it was a different, you know, before the internet was a thing. So, you know. Right. Yeah. You couldn't pre-order anything. mm -hmm. If you wanted something, you had to go to the store and get it. Right. And then the only other time that I did it during the internet age was um, my husband and I did it once at Costco. And that was an absolute nightmare. But we did it specifically to get a new TV. And we still Mm. have that TV. So so it worked out. Yeah, it was a good it was it was one of those deals where you were like, oof, if we can get in here and get this TV, that's going to be that's going to be an amazing deal, you know, because it was like a half off a really nice TV or something like that. And, um, you know, we literally got to Costco like an hour before they opened and lined up outside and went in and just got the TV and like one other thing. And that was it. So um, that was the only other time we did it. Uh, and I think if I were going to do that again, I would just get it off Amazon. Sorry. but I know. I just yeah, I know it's it's too much. It's it's funny because I think of it. It's too people out there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. there's too many. And, you know, you wait. It's a very good of, adjective. It's very people in here. <laughs> very people-y. Um, the, the other thing, you always had that obligatory footage of people just rampaging over each other. 
to get yeah. deals. Yeah, and not to mention, like, I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but we have, like, an epidemic of smash and grabs happening where I live. Like, Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. It's insane out here. Like, Santana Row has been hit and Valley oh, Fair. Wow. It's like a mile from my house. And it's, like, 80 people, and they just all drive up in this line of cars and they all have masks on and, and sunglasses and they run in and they like the most recent one happened at, at an Apple store. And in like five minutes they ran in and stole $20,000 worth of merchandise and ran out. And it happened while the store was open and there were customers in there. And so I'm like, Mm-mm, uh-uh, I'm good right now. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm all set. Thank yep. you so much. Yep. I'm good going to sit at home and play some game pass because game pass is awesome right now (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't blame you and i know for for here it's uh rainy and cold today so why leave the house i mean that's what that's what i'm thinking there's really no point to it i made bourbon infused cupcakes there's really no reason to leave you know no you don't ever have to leave your house at this point nope it's gonna be good and speaking of not leaving the house ever the black friday news we have for you is that you can get a year of Hulu right now for 12 bucks. That is yes. 99 cents a month, $12 for the whole year. Now, it's normally, what, $7 a month, I believe? Yeah, it's $6.99 a month for, like, the basic Hulu. If you mm-hmm. want, for an additional $3, you can get the no commercials Hulu. And then if you want, you can get the um, Disney Plus ESPN Hulu bundle, which is not bad. It's like $14 a month and you get all three. Right. But 99 cents is I think I'm going to do it. I mean, we have we have until the 29th. So three days basically to get the 99 cents a month bundle from Hulu. uh, And that is our entertainment Black Friday sale news for all of you. Yes, go get it. Like I was telling Jamie, uh, one of the bonuses about Hulu is most of current most current shows, maybe you don't have cable uh, or you missed it, they are on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulu also has, they're trying to Hulu be- has a lot of, I hate to say this, but Hulu has a lot of baking shows and they I can do. just sit and watch like baking shows forever. It's bad. They do. And they also, you know, other they have Only Murders in the Building, which is a, oh, yeah. a great show. They also, you know, they don't have the same amount of original content that you you're going to find on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard the great is is good. Mm-hmm. It um, It's on Hulu. But I, wa- I recently watched Dope Sick. On, on Hulu, uh, nothing picks you up like a, a mini series on the opioid crisis. Oh, geez. Um, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> I de- I'm telling you, if you were to watch it, all it's going to do is infuriate you about how the Sackler family got away yeah. with well, with what they did. So watch don't watch it. Book. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but, but it's definitely do, worth the 99 cents. Yes. Do get the 99 cent deal. Um, we do recommend it. All right. So that was pretty good. Little threes. Um, shall we move on to our big threes? Let's do it. Okay. Our big threes are very rock heavy this week. <laughs> you know, I was thinking to myself because I watched Jungle Cruise and Red Notice uh, on consecutive nights. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, that's two more rock movies than I've seen in a long time. Like, I, I really. I, I'm okay with it. 
I, uh, he was I was the best part of both of those movies. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I think the only other rock movie that I've seen is Moana. And he wasn't, you know, he was Maui. He wasn't really like in it, in it. It Wait, was his voice. You didn't see Jumanji? No. <gasps> I know. Those Don't, are so good. They're I both know. Really good. I, know. <laughs> I have to watch it. You can't be friends anymore. Until oh, you and watch. then and then okay, it's the end of the podcast, everyone. Yep, we're done. <laughs> we've reached the we've reached the red line. I know. <laughs> oh, I what's have Jumanji. I know. They're really I fun. You, you'll like them. Yeah. And I will tell you that my sister, who likes nothing, enjoyed both of the Jumanji movies. See. So. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So let's start with uh, Red Notice and then we'll we'll slowly get better from there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Red Notice was not a horrible movie. Let's just say that. Although the dresses that they put Gal Gadot in were absolutely horrible dresses. I don't oh, know yeah. who was designing the fashion in this movie, but I was distracted by how horrible they made her look. I kind of think that it was somebody who was like, this woman is too pretty. Let's ugly her up a bit. Yeah, let's and- try to make her ugly. Yes, they put her in the worst looking dresses I've ever seen. But anyway, fashion aside, um, this movie was not horrible. The basic setup is that um, you've got a a master kind of art thief, which is Ryan Reynolds. So instantly, you know, this is fake on a lot of levels because no, I love Ryan Reynolds. He's goofy and fun. He does not strike me as a master art thief. I'm sorry, Lynn. And he no. didn't come off as a master art thief in this movie either. He just came off as kind of derpy and goofy. As he, was he, always playing, does. he was playing himself. Yes. Basically, <laughs> throughout this. Five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you have, have quote unquote master art thief Ryan Reynolds. And then um, you have the sort of two, I guess, officers. I'm going to dance around this because there's actually a fairly good twist in this movie. There's so a the couple two... of, yeah, there's a couple twisty moments. Yeah, and they're, they're actually the best part, so I want to try to preserve them. Um, So you have these two kind of officers of the law who are after Ryan Reynolds. So you've got, you've got uh, Dwayne Johnson, who is the one who's kind of originally after him, and he's, he's partnering with um, Ritu Arya, who was the girl from um, Umbrella Academy? That's right. Yes. I had to. I'm like, who are you? Like, I kept staring at her, and I was like, just yes. just look it up because otherwise you're not going to be able to pay attention. Yep. And and it's funny because every time that happens, we always comment. Once you work for Netflix, you always work for Netflix. Oh like, yeah. They it just, just happen. It's like we we've said before. It's like they just sit in a room and it's like nailed it. Someone runs us down the hallway and is like, hey, are you available? You want to do this right now? Yep. You come, come on yep. our show. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's actually kind of good because if you think about it, you wouldn't see this thing happening over and over again if Netflix treated its actors like crud. But instead, you have the exact opposite. You have Henry Cavill, who's literally like going to do everything for Netflix forever now because they must be treating him well. And you said these guys made like literally a dump truck full of money. Like, tell us. Each, what- each, each of them, which it's like, yay, pay equity. Yep. They each made $20 million. Okay. <laughs> that's just, that's just for them to show up. Wow. Yeah, I'd do, I'd do it. Why the not? movie itself cost $200 million to make. So, you know, I'm not very great. 60 to $80 million in, in paying the actors. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's what? like, that's why they're like, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you have Gal Gadot, who is uh, her character doesn't even have a name in this movie. No, She's just the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's kind of like by process of elimination, you know she's the bishop. I'm not revealing anything because right. it's like they keep Figure talking about the bishop. Real fast, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like, well, you know it's Gal Gadot because yeah. she's not just going to sit there for the whole movie. Um. So essentially what you have are these – it's a sort of like a heist movie – and they're trying to steal these three eggs that belong to Cleopatra, quote unquote, that never really existed. Exactly. And um, basically, Dwayne Johnson's character gets kind of pulled into the heisting part of it because the bishop, quote unquote, kind of frames him for being in on it. So he's supposed to be the good guy, kind of inspector officer, and he gets, you know, thrown in prison and he gets tied up in the whole thing. And then the hijinks sort of go on from there. And for the most part, I would say this movie is very serviceable. Um, I think that, I think that, I hate to say it, but I think that Ryan Reynolds was a bit miscast in this. He just didn't, it just, he was, he was, he stuck out a He just I, really stuck out. <laughs> it's, you know, there was a, there was an article that said that the only thing that this movie is good at is stealing two hours of your time. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, tried to it, be yeah, Indiana tra- Jones-ish, I guess. Mm. It, it tried to have a little bit of, like, Nazi treasure kind of vibe to it towards Which the end. Which we also found in Jungle Cruise. And I'm yep. just wondering, like, do you think Russians and Germans are just so tired of being the villains in every movie <laughs> since 1945? <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. It's like, all right, pick someone else. Mm-hmm. Jeez. But, um. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun movie, I guess. It had some fun stuff. It had some fun like set pieces in it. It's it's not gonna win any awards. No. You're you're most likely gonna enjoy it, but you're not gonna love it. I mean, it's very possible there are people who are like, man, I hated this movie. But one thing that I did want to point out is that this is now the most watched movie ever on Netflix. Yes, and it's the most expensive movie. That Netflix, yes, that ever they ever invested in. And I can see that they would want this. I got major franchise vibes from this, but they were trying too hard. Yeah, it's one of those movies where they made a special point to leave it open at the end for a sequel. And I wasn't really a fan of that, especially since the Chris Hemsworth movie that we saw is getting a sequel. But they closed that one out pretty well and they didn't need like they kind of left it as a completed package and then if they wanted to do a sequel later they could but they didn't have to this one felt like the movie didn't even end you know it it kind of was just progressing right into a natural sequel which i don't know i'm not a big fan of that kind of thing no and i mean it's just something where it, it it's nothing that you haven't seen before right Right. That's that's exactly true. It's just it's like you take a bunch of pieces of other movies, put them in a blender, blend it up, dump it out and you get this, which is not horrible, but it's definitely not original um, in any way, shape or form. Although weirdly, Jungle Cruise kind of does the same thing. And I like that one a lot more. So I don't know. You know, it, there's not a lot of originality there either. No, I mean, I, I for this and I, I you can disagree I find that when I get something 
specifically on Netflix that mm-hmm. isn't in theaters, I have lowered expectations. Yeah, I would say that's true. And sometimes your expectations are, you know, you have them lowered and then you're like shocked how good something is because that does also happen. Right. I mean, I I think if this was a traditional movie and I saw a preview for it, I probably wouldn't rush out to see it. Mm -hmm. I'd feel like I'd probably see it at some point. But because it's on Netflix, I, you know, decided to to watch it. And I really feel like we were caught watching these three actors just have a great time. Like they let them do whatever they wanted. Yeah. And not that that's bad, but it's not great either. Yeah, you did get the impression that a lot of it was just ad lib dialogue mm-hmm. um, or or mildly ad libbed at least. And uh, yeah. It was I okay. mean, this is, yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan Reynolds was basically being Deadpool. He's been yep. just, he's, he's playing Deadpool. Um, but, you Again. know, it, it wasn't, um, I was thinking about it and not that it's family friendly, but not like, there's not a lot, a whole lot of like violence, like no, people true. dying violence. No, like chasing. I mean. And a lot of kicking and stuff, yeah. but no one like get shot violently in the head or something right. like that. There's not a lot of blood and gore and that kind of stuff. Like there's some shooting, but it's pretty like the prison break scene had some kind of shooting and stuff, but it's, it's not gory. So yeah, you could, you could watch this with an older child for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was good in that I had such low expectations and I didn't, you know, didn't have to pay for it to see it. And I think you just take these three stars and they're just hamming it up. Like whatever you think of them as a stereotype, they just go right for it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Watch it. You know, if, if like Jamie said, if it's the number one most watched uh, Netflix movie, they're probably going to do a sequel. It beat out Bird Box, if that matters. <sighs> Which I didn't like. <laughs> See, I I like. Did you read the Bird Box book? Yes, I thought the movie was better than the book, okay. which is weird. I, I haven't read the book, so I had no idea what I was going into. Yeah, the movie is is okay. The book is. I wasn't a fan, but okay. eh. yeah, I'm just trying to like. I had no idea, but you know what? Mm. I'll you know I would yeah. say just just watch it. Yeah. No expectations. If you're walking around folding laundry, I don't know. You can mm-hmm. like pretty much figure out what's going on. You don't need to give 100% of your time to it. No. no. But if you would like to take a step up from there yes. and watch something more enjoyable that also has The Rock in it, <laughs> I would definitely go with Jungle Cruise, which I actually really enjoyed. Even though it was basically just a blending of The Mummy and Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, with the African queen, with Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn thrown in. Yeah, and I say that because I recently watched the African queen because I'm trying during the pandemic, I was trying to watch you know quote unquote classic movies, Mm -hmm. and I ended up watching it. And I mean, even down to like the hat, they put The Rock in the same outfit as like Humphrey Bogart, which is fine. It's fine. That's this week's bears. Jungle Cruise yes. bears. Yes. Um, so we have a rock bear and an Emily Blunt bear. 
And here's here's one thing, just as an aside about The Rock. Mm-hmm. I know we place him around people, like you place him around other people, but he's like a boulder of a man. Oh, and I yeah. just find it very ridiculous that like, you know, people aren't constantly turning their heads mm-hmm. and looking at him. I know they, there are jokes in, in both movies about his size, but I feel like he could probably like crush your skull just with his palm. Like he oh. he's a huge, huge guy. Mm hmm. So it's like when he walks around in the mere mortals, I'm like, wow, that's all I can look at because he's just he's ginormous. Mm-hmm. He's a gigantosaurus. So Jungle Cruise, another movie that has an interesting twist in it that I didn't see coming that I'd like to dance around because I think this one was actually pretty good. Um, but the basic setup here is literally the setup of The Mummy. You have um, Emily Blunt who in this movie plays Lily, not Evie, although it's the same number of syllables. And she <laughs> also also known as Pants. Mm, yes, Pants. Um, because she wears them, you know, yes. God forbid. And you can't wear pants no. in the forties. Or no, no, I'm sorry, this takes place in the late eighteen hundred like nineteen eighteen. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that's because we're still talking. We're still talking about lady pants. <laughs> yeah, they're because they're still talking about the Great War, which yes. was World War One. World War One, yeah. Um, so basically, she's got a treasure hunt that she's gonna go on that only she can presumably find, mm-hmm. just like in the Mummy. She's got her sort of dopey brother character who I actually think was a better character in this than Evie's brother in The Mummy because he was a little bit less useless and he had a little bit more character development in it. And um, it's played uh, played by Jack Whitehall, who's I, he's huge in England, oh, I guess. He? He's like a stand-up comedian. But the only place that I've seen him in is he was in, oh, my goodness, it's based on Neil Gaiman. Uh no, not American Gods. What was the fun? Good Omens. Good Omens. Oh, yes. Yeah, that so was good. I was introduced to him in Good Omens. And mm-hmm. he's just, if you didn't know that he doesn't want to be there and he's not made for any type of jungle cruising, then here's his seven <laughs> luggage luggages that he's trying to build, bring yeah, on One board. of them had golf clubs in it. Right? Yes. And he's like, <laughs> what about the, what about the dinner attire? What about, so it's, it's, that's uh very, he was very a, funny. He was a, he was a good character. It, it, it was sort of like, they basically said, Hey, in the mummy, this was the weakest character. So let's beef him up a little bit. Exactly. Um, and so you have the sister, the smart sister going on the treasure hunt. You have the brother and then you have, um, the Jungle Cruise guide, who in this case would be The Rock, who is taking over Brendan Fraser's part in The Mummy. Yes. And that's it. You, the whole setup is of The Mummy, except instead of going through the desert, you're on a boat. Uh, although well, they were on a boat The Mummy, too, for a little while. Until and it's sank. true. And I mean, you uh, you also have to remember we have a an immortal curse that inflicted both The Mummy and uh, Aguirre. In this film, so... Yes, and then Aguirre and his sort of cronies, they look like the pirates, the undead pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean, which is where I got that from, is because they just absolutely reminded me of that crew. Maybe more so from the second Pirates than the first Mm. one, but they had that same sort of vibe to them. um, And it is is because it's based on a Disney ride. Um, Yes. 
which again they, they can't stop doing this. Aren't they going to do the haunted mansion as well? They they did the haunted mansion. Oh. I think they're redoing it. Like stop, <laughs> just stop. Like I can see you create a ride out of a movie, which is they do you know a lot, but now it's like oh we're running out of ideas. So how about that one i and i must have gone on jungle cruise yeah i i must have with the number of times that i've been to disney but it leaves no impression on me no it doesn't um, maybe they'll change the ride now based on the movie like they did pirates of the caribbean that's true that's true hey if they announce they're gonna do splash mountain next we all need to run well cause... no they're they're redoing splash mountain oh so they're this? gonna redo it then they'll do the movie yeah, well, they're redoing it. They're going to make it Princess Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. It's going to be her ride because oh. I didn't I didn't realize, and it's probably, you know, me being ignorant, that the Splash Mountain characters are from a, like, notoriously racist Disney that, cartoon that doesn't yes, exist that anymore. Yes, Song of the South. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, and I don't know if you remember Song of the South, but no. it basically was set on a southern plantation Quote, where a plantation... <laughs> Yes, where a black slave was telling stories to three little white children um, about like Br'er Rabbit and oh boy, yeah, it's um yeah, and that's that's who, yeah, that's who was uh and I didn't know that because I had never seen Song of the South. I have seen Song of the South. Sad to admit, and and Ooh, you're like one of the few because I know Disney, when Disney I was young. Disney pulled it out of rotation. It's yeah, in, you're incapable of finding it. So. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, the last time I was in Disney was on a field trip with students and I actually went on Splash Mountain with students and they were asking me, what the heck is this ride based on? We have no idea what this is. And I had the dubious honor of explaining it to them. And they were all like, they're all minority students and their faces. <sighs> what? <laughs> it, and it's true. And, you know, you almost feel like Disney's trying to apologize, but it just isn't to me it doesn't feel like an apology it feels like they're just trying to sweep it under a rug yeah and i mean it's the same thing with with this and i think it well we experience it in the mummy where emily blunt's character the doctor is smarter than all of the men but she can't be in society because she's a woman and women don't do those type of things and in the end she's you know she's the smartest person she's able to solve everything so it's just like, oh, I guess she's, women should be allowed to wear pants. It's pretty heavy handed, to be honest with you. Right. Um, I think they were a bit more subtle about it with the mummy. Um, maybe not. I, if I went back and rewatched it, maybe I'd change my mind. But, you know, it, it, this one did feel real heavy handed, especially with the pants thing, you know, because it just didn't die. Everybody it, no. commented on the fact that she was wearing pants. And it was like, OK, guys, please. Yeah, stop we, you, you made your point. Yeah. You get it. Um, the other thing, uh, so Jesse Plemons, he plays the, uh, German prince who's also oh, looking for this. stereotype on top yes, of a stereotype on top of a stereotype. I, exactly. Like I, I get like, and it's funny because Jesse Plemons is such a serious actor and he had, he's actually the, well, the, sorry, they're not married. He's with Kirsten Dunst. And has been for a while and they have two small children. So I thought that maybe at some point he's going to be like, look, daddy did fun movies. Right, right. Hey, you never know. I mean, some actors will do that. So, But I was just like, I feel like they said, here's the scenery and chew it up. Just chew up the scenery. Do whatever you want with it. 
Yeah, no, I agree. It's even worse than Red Notice. (laughs) (laughs) But it is a fun movie, and it is okay for kids. It's got scary moments, but definitely it's, it's, if you have a kid who watched Pirates of the Caribbean, they could easily handle this no problem. Yeah, it's not scary, and like, you know, there's not a lot of blood. There's no blood in it. I mean, it is a Disney film. There is some death and violence, but it's mostly comical. Yeah. If your kid can handle Bambi or Dumbo, they can handle Jungle Cruise. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, The one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I I didn't love it. What did you think of the romantic tension between The Rock and Emily Blunt? Yeah. 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 I wasn't buying it. It's, you know, it's the trope. It's the, I hate you, I hate you, oh, now we're in love. Um. I've never been a fan of that trope at all. I and I feel like part of the problem is that she's so put down in the movie that she has to act out in a very aggressive way. Um so you have her just being overly like aggressive because her character is so put down by everyone around her, except mm-hmm. for her brother, really. I mean, that's kind of a friendly banter, but you get why they're so close. And I really like that part. Don't ask me why. I did no, I yeah. did too. It was like one of the realest, most real parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it actually involved a gay relationship, which is so anti-Disney that, like, I was kind of shocked they had it in there in the first place. So I know. I'm like, oh, were they supposed to cut this? That's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. That was the most genuine aspect of the whole movie was that scene, and it was well done. Yeah, it, um, was, it didn't feel forced, and no. they didn't. Well, I mean, that's that's how it happens. People, mm-hmm. just, it's like okay. But but yeah, I didn't like the the romance either. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessary. I don't think it. I mean, like you said, it's a trope. They're trying to do it. To, it's an easy shortcut to try to explain why people do what they do, but. Yeah. It, it wasn't really necessary. I think we could have done without it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So. But all, all things considered, um, this is a more fun movie than Red Notice. It's a better movie all around. Yes, it, yes. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Um, and, and it's funny because I think the last pod, you had mentioned that there were a few movies that you had seen that you would wish you had seen in theaters. And I kind of wished I had seen this in theaters because I think it would have been even more enjoyable. And I think I would have been pleasantly surprised coming out of it. So I kind of do wish I had seen this one in theaters. And what was I going to say? The other thing. Oh, well, yeah, the set pieces and there are certain scenes with a a submarine that would have been really cool to see in theaters. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun movie to watch. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And I was uh, laughing, not like, out loud but i mean there are a lot of dad jokes in the movie yeah they're very big on puns yes very uh it it kind of it keeps going and it it, it's you know i think anyone else but the rock couldn't do it like the rock pulled it off and also there's a metallica song an instrumental metallica song so go go disney i was like wait a second yeah it had it had some interesting stuff going on with it that was very disney and then it had some stuff that was very not disney and then you blend that all together and it somehow worked yeah it worked i mean Mm -hmm. don't try to figure out the mythology of how the curse works no don't don't do it (laughs) just don't just uh sit back and uh enjoy it 
All right. Um, moving on to probably, I, I don't know if you agree, but my favorite of the three. Um, I, I do agree with that. Chongqi. Uh, so we both saw this originally in the drive-in and both were sort of squinting our eyes at the screen, wondering what the heck was going on half the time. Mm-hmm. We were now finally able to rewatch it on Disney Plus, And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this rewatch. It filled in a lot of the gaps. Plus, I was able to put subtitles on so I could actually hear or read what people were saying. So that was wonderful. And all told... I really, really enjoyed this movie, and Michelle Yeoh does not age, and I love oh, her. No, <laughs> she doesn't. She's just like I love her so much. I yeah, really do. She's like, amazing. I, I talked about her in Gunpowder Milkshake. I, you know, I think we did see way, way back when she made her initial debut in uh, the Mar. I can't. Remember. Yes, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I feel like we went and saw that together. Did we? That see, it might be true because I did see that twice, and oh, the second so time I saw it with my dad because okay. I had enjoyed it. So it's possible I saw it the first time with you. I don't remember. I'm sorry, but it's a, but it's very possible. It's a formidable memory for me. I know. I know. No, I remember seeing it with you because I didn't have a lot of friends who would see foreign movies. What yeah, that mean? sounds like something we would do. Yeah, it was, it, you know, <laughs> I, I, and I wanted to see it, and at the time, it, it there wasn't a lot of movies like that that were coming out. Not and anyway, it was so no. rare. I feel like we only got it because did it get nominated for an Academy or, yes, or something like that? Nominated and, for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and that's that's why they released it here, and it was like I feel like the both times I saw it, there was like three people in the theater. Yeah, and there we wasn't. Yeah, and that's why, because I'm. I, I remember because even then I knew your. I knew you what your audience what what you would be able to watch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like Jamie would watch this, and you probably watched it, and then told your dad to go see it, and he loved it too. So yeah, yeah. but she is she is great. I love seeing her. Yeah, appear. Anything. anything, anything, and um, this movie has. I don't know why, but this movie has an underlying elegance to almost everything it does. It is, if I had to pick one word to describe this movie, it would be graceful or elegant. And she just feeds into that. There's so much of that going on with even the color palette and the backgrounds and the creatures and music. And I know I picked up on the music much, much more watching it from home, like the little tinkling sounds when yes. when there was fighting um there like you said there's a grace even to the to the fighting oh yeah yeah it's it's got a lot of crouching tiger influence to it um and just yeah i mean it's just so interesting the way it starts in San Francisco, and it's very sort of like the fights are very modern and almost kind of like brutal and um a lot more like you know it's there's a fight scene on a bus which is unbelievable by the way it's one of the best scenes in the movie and it's it's but it's a much more like hardcore kind of brutal fight and by the time you get to the end of the movie everyone has adapted to this sort of otherworldly fight choreography and you can actually see them in their body movements, like actively changing the way they fight to pick up the the sort of otherworldly, I think it was of Tao Lo or something like that, yes, the like grace yes. and elegance of this area. 
and you see it in in everybody's stance and and everything and it's it's just really interesting how they were able to do that as the movie moved on um to just literally change everyone that way and i wanted to mention when i did see it in the drive-ins um i went with my friend mike and sharon and mike and i always watch the marvel movies like Mm -hmm. so we'll go back and forth about them sharon just came for the popcorn Uh and she's sitting there and she said after you know she's sitting there and we both got excited because we saw a character from uh dr strange and sharon goes wait this is a marvel movie and i think that's like a testament to how Mm -hmm. it was made Mm -hmm. that it fits within the universe but it stands on its own as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. and you know this was i think it was a difficult job for the for the filmmakers to do because they had you know shang chi had hadn't been introduced anywhere yeah this is unknown right the only introduction was if you remember back in iron man two three three well god Mm -hmm. that was even worse ben kingsley playing the mandarin so it calls all the way back and he doesn't even appear until a good like hour into the movie that's which i have to say i think was brilliant like i'm one of those people who really likes iron man 3 i know a lot of people didn't like iron man 3 but i actually really enjoyed it and i thought that the way that they did the mandarin in iron man 3 was actually pretty hilarious at how it played on sort of and even mentioned this in shang chi too like it it played on america's fears because yes, um, he was named after he, he was named fruit. after chicken. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Yes, it was funny and, and also true. And then for for them to bring Ben Kingsley back in to to replay Trevor Slattery with Morris as like you have a sidekick with a sidekick, you know, and it was just I thought it was really brilliant of them to do that. They didn't need to do that. They already had Aquafina as their sort of comic relief, but they brought in like a second comic relief that was even more comic relief. And it just, it works so well for me, <laughs> especially if you had seen the short. Now, did you watch the All Hail the King short that I, I, I suggested? I, I did before I, before I went and saw it the first time. That actually shows Trevor Slattery being broken out of jail by one of the members of the Ten Rings, and it explains kind of how he ended up in the compound, um, you know, when Shang-Chi finds him. So it's 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 kind of really, I think it really worked very well how they fit all those little pieces together. And they're very inconsequential pieces, but it was well constructed just to fit them all together. <laughs> it's so true. And I mean, I was, he had some of some of the best lines I would just watch a movie about him and Aquafina and Morris taking a road trip. Yes. I know. <laughs> like, oh, I love Morris. I almost did a Morris bear, but then we were like, Hmm, a bear with no face on it might be kind of nightmare fuel. And we already did sandworm bear. So and I was thinking, I'm like, I, cause I thought of it. I'm like, she could draw wings on it, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But um, all things considered, this is a this is a really great movie. I think it was a, a loving Marvel tribute to um, martial arts cinema. The uh, the choreography was amazing. The fight scenes were fantastic. Everybody was there was no miscasting in this movie. Wow. Everything was great. And I did kind of like how Katie's character at the end, despite the fact that she is 
just like a minor Hawkeye. You know, she's she's really she's not an Avenger, but she still kind of gets to be a part of it all, um, which I think is nice because I think a character like Shang-Chi needs that support, you know, and I, I like their relationship. Right. And it, it also helped, ex- you know, move the story forward and explain why he's in San Francisco, how he got there and just the the how the family connections work. And she did it in such a, a funny way that it's like yeah. Yeah, a guy with a machete just attacked us on a bus. Mm-hmm. I'm coming with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was well done. And um, I'm not going to say this is my favorite Marvel movie, but I would definitely watch it again. It's it's really good and definitely worth a watch if you didn't get to see it in the theaters. It's on Disney Plus now. And um, I think everybody should who has Disney should go go watch this one. It's really good. And you don't need to be like you said, you don't need to be a huge Marvel fan. You're you're going to miss some of the Easter eggs like Ben Kingsley's character being one of them. But other than that, it's still pretty well self-contained um, yeah, until you get to the very end. Um, yeah, but yeah, it ob- works really well on its own. With the obligatory post-credit sequences. Yes. Um, yes. But no, it does. It, it stands on its own. And one thing that Marvel has always been great at is being accessible mm-hmm. to individuals who have no clue mm-hmm. what's going on. So like Sharon, who had no idea that this was a Marvel movie, was able to watch it. And enjoy it to the same level. But, you know, and, and we talked about this before, how it was just no offense to drive-ins, but we couldn't see things that well. No. And this was the type of visual movie, especially there are some fight sequences that occur in the dark. Yeah. Not- the whole fight scene on the outside of the building, I had, I I gave up at the drive-in. I was like, whatever, I'll just watch yeah, this I, later. <laughs> that's what I thought, too. And the same thing, and there, it is lost on the screen when they go to Tao Lo, and there's so much imagery. And, you know, it's mostly CGI, but you miss a lot of the details. Yeah, that there is there. a lot of detail there in the in the monsters and the creatures and the background and even like the details in the clothing. I mean, it's, there's a lot of detail that you can, you can take in and the drive-in just did not do it any kind of justice at all. So, I mean, I guess this is another one of those movies that I would have liked to have seen in the theaters for sure. Cause it's, I really enjoyed it. It's got a, it's got that big screen theater quality to it for sure. Yeah. I mean, it would be great to see it in a, in a theater you know, state-of-the-art theater with the sound system, because it's like, I'm sure I'm losing some crispness, even though I have a, you know, I have like the 4K um, fire stick. I'm sure I'm missing things that would just come through so much better. Especially sound would be so enhanced, you know? Exactly. And especially the last fight sequence of the movie. I didn't really get to see a lot of that because it's so dark. Yeah. You missed out on a lot of things, but I think they, I think they did a great job at introducing someone. I'm not sure. And I'm sure Damien knows better how Shang-Chi gets integrated into everything. We have sort of the idea that's introduced in the post credit sequences. Yeah. We honestly aren't sure here. Um, They're, they're doing their own thing here and we're not really sure where that's going. When we talk about the Eternals eventually, I have a lot more knowledge okay. about 
that one, <laughs> uh, the end of that one. But this one, um, yeah, they they are they're off in their own land here a little bit. So yeah. we'll kind of have to wait and see where they're where they go with that. Although I think a, a, a Shang Chi Doctor Strange team up would be amazing. So let's let's go that way. <laughs> <laughs> let's just so, go that way. Let's just put that. Benedict Cumberbatch in everything. He's be in everything from <laughs> yes, now please. on. Yeah, works for me. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess our big three for today, we're going to go with uh, I definitely give on um, Jungle Cruise and Shang-Chi a thumbs up and, and I'm, I'm iffy on red notice. Thumbs I mean, sideways. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to give it a thumbs down. I, I don't think I will either because it's not horrible, but uh, it's right. definitely not as good as the other two. And it's nothing new. Like yeah. if you want to see a, a heist movie with wisecracking uh, with, you know, an, an international intrigue and a officer a police officer just trying to get down to the the nitty-gritty and find out who these art thieves are just just watch it i mean it does have a decent twist at the end i'm not gonna lie yes and it's you know if you want to see ryan reynolds basically playing deadpool do that if you want to see the rock playing the straight man do that if you want to see gal gadot trying to vamp it up except for a horrible wardrobe choices Yes. yes if you want to see gal gadot in bad dresses go for it (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's move on to our three things that stood out for us this week this should go i think fairly quickly um because the first one especially is we're just placing our bets so um as many of you know alin and i are very big into baking shows and the the sort of piece de resistance of baking is the great british bake-off and uh it is so popular that they even mention it in ted lasso (laughs) (laughs) and there was a scene in red notice where gal gadot was watching the great british bake-off it is permeated the culture it's everywhere now (laughs) and um even though the ending of bake-off has come out today Today. Today. we have uh, not watched yes we have not watched it um we do not know how it goes yet uh and and that will definitely be on the on the the list to do later today but as of right now, we do not know how it ends, and we are going to place our bets on who will win Bake Off. Now, we've come down to the final three um, after a shocking cut. Oh, heart, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. What did you think of this? Yeah. I was, I was so upset. The thing that upset me the most is... Paul Hollywood and his stupid handshake. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, mm. it's playing mind games, like, to shake everyone's hand. There was nothing particularly wrong with it. Prue was like, I would have shook your hand. It's like, well, then shake his hand. Do yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. It, and Jurgen had more star bakers than anyone. He did. And the thing that makes me the, the most upset about it is... It was normally most weeks you kind of know who's going to yeah. go home. Yeah. You see the struggling, you hear the name mentioned over and over again, but we didn't get to see the deliberation. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing really wrong. He's been so consistent and so good. And I'm just thinking. No. Let them all. Let them all go through. Exactly. That was what we you just let. All, I mean, what what are you gonna lose by having four people in the final instead of three? Right. It would have been. I think it would have been 
an interesting twist and shocking and that people would have been happy. And then you give everybody another week and you can really look at everything they've done throughout the course of it and say, this is your winner, you know? Um, Cause it's not like they do first, second, third place anyway, you and know, there's no, a winner. there's no monetary prize, right? There was nothing. There's no reason they couldn't have let everybody go through to the final. Cause they all really deserved it. So they did. there was no yeah. mistake. There was nothing that, was was horrible and that was disqualifying you have four good bakers just let four go through yeah and you sort it out next week but it was heartbreaking it was to heartbreaking. watch it but that being said finale's happening and i'm going to go with giuseppe for the win i am gonna go with chiggs for the win just because i love him and he's I adorable he i just love him, him. Yeah. i love chiggs um, the one person, and I, I'm starting to pick up on it. Like m- my sister cannot stand Christelle. Mm. And she says it's because of the false humility. Oh, you know, I get that. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to see it. Yeah. I'm yeah. starting to see it. Uh huh. It's, um, it goes well beyond minor self-deprecating humor. It's, um, it is an irritating quality. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I see it now. And it's like, you can't keep pretending you're surprised that it all works out. And you had no idea that you can do this when you're like in this, the semi and the quarterfinals. Yeah. It's we're 10 weeks in or whatever. Let's, uh, let's, uh, yeah. let's scale it back a little. Yeah, exactly. And she's not the first one to do that. So, no. um, that's, that, that's not an uncommon trait there. But, but in, yeah, a couple of, in a couple of weeks, we'll get the holiday version Yes. Of the bake off, which is always fun. But it's just been it's been a very the the problem with it, and I will say this, is it airs on Tuesday nights mm-hmm. and it hits Netflix on Friday. Which is Oh yeah, you gotta avoid the spoilers for a exactly. while. Exactly. And you have yeah. to also remember that they're six hours ahead. Mm-hmm. So by three o'clock in the afternoon, it's already done. Mm-hmm. They, they've already so you have to like avoid the internet because at this it, point I feel like it's enough of an American phenomenon that they should just release them at the same time I know because it's everyone is so into it yeah that it's just you just end up getting spoilers yeah but it's, it's a really good I, I I enjoy it um I want chigs to win but I you know if we were betting money on it, I would go with Giuseppe. But my heart is voting for Chiggs. Fair enough. The bets have been placed, and we will uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, the last two, three things that stood out are mostly for me, but um, one, I, I want to bring these up because they're pretty well-talked-about right now phenomenons. One of them I don't think you'll be into. This is mostly just for our listeners, especially Chris. And then the <laughs> other one... <laughs> The other one, I'm actually going to try and convince you to see if you if you can watch it. Um, okay. So for th- the the last two, three things that stood out, I'm going to talk about Arcane and Cowboy Bebop. Now, um, Arcane is an animated show. It's based on a video game called League of Legends, which I have not played and I know nothing about. And I was assured. I think, I think Chris plays League of Legends. Oh, does he? Okay. That you're saying that. Or he I watches was... people play League of Legends? That would be Twitch, yep. Um, okay. So... I, I was assured by someone else on Twitch, um, our friend Hatter, that you could watch Arcane even if you had no idea about League of Legends. Okay. Um, and you would you would be able to get into it. And that is absolutely true. Um, if you like anime, you should watch this. 
there's just no getting around it. If you're, I know you are not big into anime. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't stop you from giving it a try. The <laughs> animation is gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful um, and very creative and very well done. And the character designs are fantastic and the voice acting is fantastic. There's a quality to this that goes off the charts. Um, I had a hard time getting into the story at first um, because the first three episodes, this is a minor spoiler, but the first three episodes are set in the past. And then there's a time jump that happens after episode three. And that there was a lot of setup. And and, and to be honest, I feel like you kind of needed it. They were definitely catering a little bit to the people who don't play League of Legends, like setting up these characters and this city. It's one of those cities where there is a seedy underbelly and a rich topside. You know, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. And, you know, they had to set up the conflict between the wealthy and the not and the the hostility between them, and then also the give and take between them, because this isn't a straight out war between the top side and the seedy underbelly. There is definitely some characters that pass across the bridge both ways, if you know what I mean. And uh, they had to set all of that up for you. And it took a solid three episodes to do that. Then they time jumped and now you can get into it. And that's when I really started to enjoy it more was after episode three. So I think if you were going to give it a try, you've kind of committed yourself to four episodes. But I think there's only nine episodes total. Um, It has already been approved for a second season, though. Now, is this like a 30 minute show or an hour show? It's in the middle. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, it's as long as it needs to be for each individual episode, but they don't okay. feel very long. Weirdly, it has an amazing soundtrack. Um, they somehow got Imagine Dragons to do a bunch of songs for this. <laughs> um, wow. I know it's strange. Um, including the opening theme. So, you know, they've got an amazing soundtrack, amazing animation, amazing voice acting, and they've taken a video game that I care nothing about and turned it into a really good story, which all of which speaks very highly for this show. So anyone who's out there listening who hasn't seen it, um, who likes anime, just watch this show. Just trust me. Just do it. Um, you won't you won't be disappointed. And in fact, we've gotten multiple people into it on our end already and just said, do you like animation? Watch this. And they've all <laughs> they've all liked it. It's one thing that I will say. This is very adult. This is okay. This is not a kid. Oh, no. It is the goriest, bloodiest, most violent thing that we've talked about so far on the show today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So it is it's very adult um, and it needs to be. There's. Yeah, it doesn't shy away from anything. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but yeah, if you like that kind of adult animation, you I, I just trust me, you will be all in on this one. Just try it. Um, and I know, did, did Chris say he started watching it? He did say that he, he is watching it. He's only a few episodes in, but he really likes it. Yeah, good. So I figured, and, and once he gets past episode three, it's just better. Um, the end of episode three is like the turning point and it's quite the turn. So I don't know. I'm not sure that you'll be into it, Alin, but you could give it a try. Um, (laughs) but I think more so, I kind of want to try to get you to watch Cowboy Bebop. Now, Cowboy Bebop is an interesting one because it has been almost universally panned. 
and it's kind of really divisive right now. And I feel like the issue here is people expected too much from this. And instead of trying to have fun with something that's fun, they're just picking every little piece apart, which isn't really fair. Well, because um, there are high expectations. I didn't watch the original anime. Um, yes. But yeah. I am surrounded by people who did. Yeah. And loved it. Yeah. And, and I did, too. And so did Damien. And so there's a lot of expectations here. And I think the issue is they tried to do a little of kind of homage to it. They tried to do a little, like a couple of the episodes are very much adaptations of the original anime. Some stuff is different. So they've they got a blending here of homage and new stuff, which I kind of think you need. I mean, if it was a direct copy of the original, why bother? But they are definitely, they're definitely doing some things really right. For example, I think visually it looks stunning. It's uh. It's a space bounty hunter fun kind of jaunt. And the the effects look great. The ship looks amazing. Um, there's a sort of fast travel system in the original anime that they call the gates, where you kind of do these jumps through these gates in space and you can get to places. The gates look unbelievably good. Um, the costumes look fantastic. The color palette, the design the cinematography, the fight choreography, everything about this so far is is wonderful. Where they misstep in some people's eyes is the ages of the characters, because in the in the show the characters were quite young. Um, mm. One of them was older than the rest, but the main character Spike, who is played by John Cho, is very young in the show, and John Cho is not super young. Now. This could be my age. I don't know. This doesn't bother me in the least, mainly because I've always felt like the character of Spike in the anime was too young to have done all the things that that character had gone through. In my mind, it makes more sense that someone John Cho's age had gone through everything that that character had gone through. But I understand mm -hmm. the complaint. I just don't necessarily care, I guess. It seems fine for me. It doesn't bother me at all. Um... They also have a very prominent dog character in both the anime and the show. And, he, oh, God, he's so cute. <laughs> Little Corgi. He's the best. He's so adorable. But and this anyway. is where I, I feel like when we all get older and live in a nursing home, you and Chris are going to invest in a Corgi. Yes. Yeah. Because he we'll wants a Corgi. Ein as well after the dog yeah. in the show. Um, but, but yeah, the Corgi is great. The characters don't bother me in the least. The one thing that I will admit, and, and granted, everything's got its problems, right? You know, um, the, the show is way over the top. Now the original anime was also way over the top. So I, I don't know, this doesn't bother me at all. But if you're kind of like, wow, whoa, whoa, what is happening right now? You know, it's, it's going to do that. It's also very graphic, very violent, very gory. Lots of nudity, you know, it's got all of that stuff. Um, the other thing, though, that that um, I agree with as a complaint is one of the characters is severely miscast. Um, the main antagonist um, in the show, whose name is Vicious, uh, he he in the anime was sort of this weird creation of you know, very, very violent, very evil, but he also had like a certain grace to him. He fought with a katana, you know, there was a almost like evil kind of samurai thing going on with him. 
the guy that they got to play him has a very brutish look um, with a bad wig. Oh. Visually, doesn't really work. I mean, he's a real buff guy, so he's definitely got that like violent, aggressive edge to him. But this character just feels off. He feels like a miscast. He doesn't look quite right. Um, that's the only one that's really not working for me at all. Uh, and I think that, that a lot of other people have had the same kind of complaint. But other than that, I'm not finished it yet. I think I'm about four episodes in and I've been having fun with it. I will definitely keep going. I kind of feel like everyone needs to just kind of take a breath <laughs> on this one. And <laughs> just, you know, it's okay for you to enjoy stuff that's not amazing you know let's call it bad tv just enjoy it it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. you know i think that that's kind of where this is sitting um so i think if you want like a like imagine firefly add in a lot more violence and over the topness and craziness and nudity and you kind of have cowboy Um, so you know if you ever want that in your life I say give it a try and see how it goes for you it's true and for for just you know a life lesson nothing is ever as good as you think it's gonna be no the best thing you can do is just not let yourself get too upset by it (laughs) exactly channel that energy into you know other causes like jogging yeah jogging go jogging out yeah, do do something that's gonna better yourself. Yeah, you know, take Makes that energy sense. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. Um. So that pretty much. Um. I think that that wraps it up for us today. Yes. Yeah. That it. So this is a Black Friday surprise. Black Friday surprise, and we promise the next one will be the Christmas special. We've got to watch a few additional things before we are able to uh, get that one going. But um, as always, uh, since we have reached the end, please don't forget to like, follow and subscribe. You can find us on all kinds of podcasty places, including social media, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. Search for Three Speech and look for the bears. And we will see you again soon. Um, And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. You can put up your Christmas stuff now. Yes, it's okay. We forgive you. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>